Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Preparati per la stagione 4. Preparate para la temporada 4. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 4, Episode 3. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. My name is Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, filmmaker, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back. This week is going to be so much fun. I told y'all we are bringing back Bechtel. It's going to be so Bringing back Bechtel. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be amazing. So, you know, it's so much easier to find films that fail the Bechtel test um, rather than those that pass it. And just as a recap, a refresher, the Bechtel-Wallace test asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Very interesting. It's going to be really cool. My films are going to talk about films that actually pass the Bechtel test. And the test is named after the American cartoonist Alison Bechtel. There you go. Um, whose 1985 comic strip with a not suitable for work title, DTWOF. You guys can Google the acronym. Um, that's where the test first appeared. Bechtel credited the idea to her friend Liz Wallace and the writings of Virginia Woolf. So after the test became like more widely discussed in the 2000s, a number of variants and tests inspired uh, by it had emerged. Um, and the tests proposed by TV critic Eric Deggins asks whether a film that is not about race has at least two non-white characters in the main cast. Um, also from The Guardian, some editors from The Guardian, some writers, Nadia Latif and Leila Latif suggested the following. Are there two named characters of color? Do they have dialogue? Are they not romantically involved with one another? Do they have any dialogue that isn't comforting or supporting a white character? And is one of them not a magical Negro? So I thought that was really interesting, like the different tiers, you know, like can a movie with people of color pass that test, you know? And it's how the Bechtel test has definitely been quantified and evolved into all these other tests with like representation and people of color in media, which I thought was very interesting. So bringing back Bechtel begins now so cool i'm very excited um my first film is bridesmaids 2011 directed by paul feig and it's available on amazon prime to rent or stream so i covered this movie before towards the end of season two for our buddy comedies episode and i just wanted to bring it back because of this week's topic of course with a score of 90 percent on rotten tomatoes this comedic film has become a staple the film uh, is Melissa McCarthy's big breakout. You have Annie, played by Kirsten Wig, SNL alum, who is a single woman whose own life is a mess when she learns that her lifelong best friend Lillian, played by Maya Rudolph, also from SNL, is engaged. She has no choice but to serve as the maid of honor. Um, although she's lovelorn and almost penniless, Annie, nevertheless, winds her way through the strange and expensive 
rituals associated with her job as the bride's go-to gal. Determined to make things perfect, she gamely leads Lillian and the other bridesmaids down the wild road to the wedding. And this film has an ensemble cast of Rose Byrne, Rebel Wilson, Terry Crews, Crystal Dowd, Ellie Kemper, Wendy McClendon Covey as well, just to name a few. And since it's improv heavy, I think it's amazing that even though the theme is a wedding, like men rarely come up until it's for laughs and gags and kicks and giggles at their expense. So that's a way that this movie passes. It's almost as if, you know, the tables are turned. And the second film is Chicago. Oh my gosh, so good. 2002, directed by Rob Marshall. It's available to stream on Hulu. This holds an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Based off the 1975 Broadway musical of the same name, you have nightclub sensation Velma, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, murders her philandering husband, and Chicago's slickest lawyer, Billy Flynn, played by Richard Gere, is set to defend her. But when Roxy, played by Renee Zellweger, also winds up in prison, Billy takes on her case as well, turning her into a media circus of headlines. Neither woman will be outdone in their fight against each other in the public for fame and celebrity. It's hilarious. Um, This movie is very cool because you got women with questionable morals, which is rare for female leads, you know, and the only time they sing and talk about men is when they're singing and talk about how they killed them and deserve to be represented by Billy Flynn. Uh, A prime example is the cell block tango. So this is how that film passes the Bechtel test and this movie it got 12 Academy Award nominations I was like wow I remember it being really popular when it came out and like everywhere and it won six for best sound best costume design best art direction best film editing best supporting actress for Catherine Zeta-Jones and lastly best picture at the 03 Academy Awards so it really racked up you know got nominated for 12 won six my last film this week is Hidden Figures 2016, directed by Theodore Melfi. And this is available on Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. So you have three mathematicians, all African-American women, Taraj B. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet, who work as human computers for NASA at the height of the space race in the 60s. So they struggle with segregation and segregationist policies and chauvinism in the male-dominated aerospace field. And their ingenious contributions prove invaluable just in this true story. This true story, by the way, Katherine Johnson, y'all can Google um, these wonderful ladies and their legacies about the outsized impact of people overlooked by history. And this one is kind of point blank. It's very easy to determine because you have women working together to overcome racial disparity from their white male co-workers. So it's got uh, that um, two-factor sphere there. Um, not only does it pass the Bechtel test, but it kind of coincides with um, what the writers from The Guardian were talking about, having people of color um, that aren't just characters written in to support the lead white character because they are the leads in like, their lives and the complexities in their lives, and they're not one-dimensional which is why I love that film. Um, so those are my films for this week that passed the Bechtel test. Taji, let them know what yours are. Bechtel, Bechtel, Bechtel. <laughs> this first one is a TV show that I actually just got um, done not too long ago, rewatching um, The Parkers. 
So if you're not familiar with The Parkers, it's five seasons um, and it's a sitcom that came out in the late 90s. And essentially it's about um, this um, spunky daughter, um, quirky daughter (laughs) named Kim. And she is basically mortified when her mom, who has such a big personality, um, who is named Nikki, decides to go back to school um, at the same junior college that she's going to. Um, and for those who don't know, the Parkers is a spinoff from Moesha, um, where you um, saw Kim um, and Moesha and um, played by Countess Vaughn and Nikki played by Monique um, star as the mother daughter duo um, team that, uh, yeah, stars in this show. And so essentially it highlights their life as they venture through going to college together. So just imagine going to college with your mom, like, would that be weird for you? Or would that be like, wait, I don't know. This, this show definitely has, um, some very interesting episodes when it comes to highlighting that relationship of sharing space so closely with your mom. Um, and, um, it highlights the other characters, um, as well that share their world within the university and outside of it. Um, so, all this to say, once you watch the show, you'll see that the main, main premise is that um, I don't want to give away the show, but um, the main plot point that runs from beginning to end throughout all five seasons is Nikki Parker um, going after the well-renowned Professor Ogilvy. And she um, is very, very forthcoming when it when when it comes to confessing how much she's into him. Um, she goes through the extremes to let this man know that she um, desires him, and that she's like even goes so far to say that she is Mrs. Stanley Ogilvy when this man has not even proposed to her. She is very, very forthcoming when it comes to. Um, pursuing the professor um, and even calling him, you know, a stepdad for her daughter. Like she's very, very forthcoming um, when it comes to that. So I personally say that it fails (laughs) (laughs) because this show is very outlandish when it comes to um, showing that like woman is pursuing man who doesn't want you back, who does everything um, you know, at all costs tries to avoid you. I feel two ways about that part of the plot about, you know, on TV showing, you know, women of like, you know, go to the extremes to go after somebody who doesn't reciprocate those feelings um, and go so far off into the deep end to convince them or not um, that you, y'all should be together and that you are together um, when this person doesn't like you at all. I'm so I'm required to love is not cute. Like, don't don't let a man show you twice that he don't want you just you the elders have already said it and we have to listen because yeah it just it just put me off the wrong way but i want you guys to watch the rest of the episodes i didn't want to give away too much of the of each episode and in the plot but what the main thing is when it comes to bechtel and acknowledging um how the characters relate to each other without talking about um, you know, a man. I will talk about Charlie's Angels, not the sequel. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about the original because we stand originals in this household. But um, I really, really love this film. 
um, my mom had this on DVD and I just would watch it all. Like every time it would come on, I just watch it from beginning to end. Like I just love Charlie's angels. Um, this one was a little trickier for me. So I'm going to need your guys' help. Um, Charlie's angels. If you, um, are not familiar, I know there's, um, there's so much, um, with Charlie's angels and, you know, the current, like I said, the the version that came out in 2019, then you have Charlie's Angels Full Throttle in 2003. But um, the original um, that came out in um, 2000, um, basically, um, as you guys hopefully know, highlights a trio of um, elite private um, investigators. And so they have all these high-tech tools, high-performance vehicles, and martial art techniques. Um, and basically, they have these disguises that help them um, unleash their skills on, you know, on land, sea, and air <laughs> to track down um, a kidnapped billionaire to be. Um, and so basically, they um, keep his top secret voice identification software out of lethal hands. And that's what's at stake. And that's what they're striving to do. They're beautiful. They're, they're brilliant. And they work for Charlie, hence Charlie's Angels. Um, so yeah, it actually... Um, was a 70s tv series um and so that's what it's based off of but um if you guys are familiar um my faves i love this movie um it stars cameron diaz drew barrymore and lucy lou um and so many other heavy hitters um i feel like it's just a staple classic very strong female-led film like what Mm -hmm. um so yeah most definitely if you have not watched it please watch it um this film did really great 264.1 264.1 million at the box office off of a 75 million budget, um, which is awesome. Yeah, it's still it's still a staple, as you can see. That 19 years later made another one um, from that, um, and then you have you know Full Throttle too. So um, I definitely um, rave about this film. But um, I'm curious to know. Does Charlie's Angels pass the Bechdel test? You have a little bit of relations in there, but you have three strong female leads. Um, you have them talking and doing <laughs> things other than stuff related to romance, but there are some of those those tropes threaded in there. I'm curious, okay. now, does yeah. Charlie's Angels pass yeah. or does it not pass? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it can go both ways because obviously they're like, really tough women they're independent they're strong you know but then shout out Destiny's Child independent woman <laughs> I was on the same <laughs> track <laughs> but the thing is like you know Lucy Liu's character has her boyfriend he's like trying to be an mm-hmm. actor and stuff and you think she's like a masseuse and then you got Cameron Diaz who's yeah. in love with Luke Wait. Wilson's character right and then you yep. you know so that's the thing and then Drew Barrymore loves the thin man <laughs> so it's like Oh, you know, she's with, like, Sam Rockwell's character, who's, like, turns out to be evil. I'm not ruining anything, y'all. Came out in 2000. Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch it. I mean, it's just yeah. a very hard dichotomy because there are these relational things of, like, hey, you know, they're kind of preserving their real identities and they kind of have lives on the side, but, you know, want to have these relationships with their partners. Right. But also, the majority of it is we, you know, I'm you know, some tough, you know, undercover chick who is, you know, doing what I do. So it's kind of like, I mean, they do, you know, the conversation doesn't heavily revolve around men in a romantic context, but it's still in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, 
I guess. Yeah, we, we can I, say honorable mention, I guess. Yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, I, I would say if it's majority, like if you do by percentage, like, oh, it's 60-40 or 70-30, then it passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a very strong female-led film, um, and the, the romance is not the is not the main plot point. So, um, well, it reminds yeah, me it's an honorable mention. It's definitely an honorable mention, like Frozen, which right. is on, you know, Disney Plus, because obviously um, Anna is in love with that guy, but then Kristoff, but then you got Anna and Elsa and it's really about the two sisters trying to stop the eternal mm-hmm. winter and it's about sisters. So, and the guy Kristoff's kind of like a side character, even though she still needs her prince and all that. So I, I guess it could fall into that. It's honorable Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Well, we'll throw them in the honorable mention. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, most definitely. The yeah. last one I want to talk about is a film that I think we've hinted at in the past um acrimony oh my god (laughs) this film came out in 2018 and it's a um psychological thriller starring the wonderful the incomparable the illustrious just formally mentioned (laughs) taraji p henson and um she's one of my favorite actresses ever and um yeah for those who don't know acrimony means anger and bitterness or harsh and biting sharpness especially of words manner or feelings um so this stems from alimony (laughs) oh my gosh yeah exactly that's like this that's what my brain first went uh went to when i heard the film or like the name of it i was like yeah alimony yes i was like oh no what's this about because you already know i was like looking at the trailer like what's going on but yeah this film is um produced written um produced written and directed by tyler perry um so it is a tyler perry film and essentially um if you're not familiar this um this plot basically centers on melinda who um when she met robert she was skeptical of his charming nature but she couldn't deny how attracted she was to him once they fell in love melinda molded herself into everything he wanted her to be she sacrificed for him worked to support his grandiose dreams ugh, and <laughs> put up with him for better or for worse um before the ring was there i'll just say that then one day she realized that after all she had done another woman was reaping the lavish rewards that's why melinda lost it and now she cannot let it go this film i want to say i in my personal opinion is one of tyler perry's strongest plots um very unique very real um they had a 20 20 million dollar budget did 46.4 million at the box office um i highly recommend watching it um this film is a very strong um piece from taraji in terms of just the psychological aspects and and what she had to go through it's a very real film about the struggle of you know you're going alongside you know being in this relationship going alongside this man and helping build him up you know when he's you know, not doing so well or, you know, trying to chase his dreams and things aren't sticking. And then, you know, when things don't work out and you can't um, hang on any longer and you want something that is more concrete for yourself, another woman comes in when you've already, you know, helped him do the work to get to where he needed to be. So it's definitely a big struggle with the gender thing and just like ugh, it's there's a lot of layers so it's it's a very real real um dense um psychological thriller so i would definitely watch it um i remember watching it in theaters and i was like um huh 
but I, um, it's one of my mom's faves as well. Is that the um, one you kind of mow him over in the? With oh the- my gosh! Not mow him over. <laughs> was that the same one? I think it is. Wait the wait. Oh at, wait. Like the final scene, they're like on the water in the boat, and like oh, she tried. <laughs> you guys have to watch. She she just went you know that crazy. Um, and, that, uh, I mean, I just don't get why. She had to be villainized so much, and I know that yeah, Tyler Perry always the real villain. But like, that's what doesn't sometimes you know the devil don't have horns. You know that's why you got to look at it from different aspects because it's like you know you push people to a place where they're so out of whack. Yeah, yeah. He gave her he gave her so much money and all that, and it just didn't make sense for her. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, people, I mean, people always judge a woman for being more emotional and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to look at, you know, holding men accountable to, you know, the actions. It's like, yeah, some things are voluntary, but you have to see how you present yourself and coerce people and try to like, you know, you guilt people into like caring for you. And like when it's time to pay them back, sometimes it doesn't suffice. Um, so, yeah, y'all can watch that play out in that film. Um does it pass the Bechtel? This girl don't even have, I'm sorry, but she has like, she has a few, like three sisters. Um, and they've only popped up in reference to her relationship with this guy. And like, she don't have any other friends or like any, like, she don't talk with no other women about nothing else. I ain't seen not one conversation that is not about this man. So it fails, but also to be fair, it's like this consumed her whole life, her relationship with this guy, and it caused so much stress on her. So, you know, this movie, it was just that was the plot was like, you know, this man is ruining my life and ruining my sanity. So it fails due to that fact that she ain't got nothing else to go off of. And, um, you know, the only other female um, or excuse me, the, the only other women characters were um, her sisters. And like, you know, there were some few a few others. Um the the antagonist um if you will um but yeah you guys will see how it plays out but it's it's def- definitely really really dense and um yeah it's very interesting so you guys should watch it thank you all so much for listening tune in next week we're going to be talking about adult coloring books yes Yay! I'm not kidding. Um, we're going to talk about animated movies for our coloring outside the line special. So, mm. you know, we're going to go back to our childhood days and relive the magic of wonderful magical world of Disney or however they say it. I don't know. Um, feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. Yes, yes. And follow your girl at Tajiana Okechuku on Instagram and on Twitter at Tajiana Tweets. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. Let us know what you thought of this episode. What you want to hear. We are here for DM us. Slide through there. And suggest, comment, like, get your coloring books ready for next week. <laughs> they go down in the DMs. <laughs> they go down. I love the room. I love the room. Oh my God. Yes, I know. Oh.
Anyway, now we're really going down our menu. It'll be fun. Hang with us, y'all. Hang with us. See you next week. Bye.